This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'm Al Roberts. I'm the Rappaport Professor of Law and Public Policy here at Suffolk Law. I've got a book out. It's actually just out now in mid-March. It's called The Logic of Discipline, Global Capitalism and the Architecture of Government, and it's published by Oxford University Press. This is a book about the way in which governments were reorganizing themselves in a 30-year period, which spans from about 1978 up until the financial crisis of about 2008. So you've got three decades there. And this was an era in which you saw substantial economic liberalization and economic globalization, that is markets being freed up and integrated across national borders. And what I'm doing is looking at the way in which governments reconfigured themselves in order to deal with those new realities. And the general theme is that in many different areas, you saw governments saying, okay, there are certain functions here that are critically important to our success in a globalized economy. And for those functions, we're going to take them out of normal democratic processes, and we're going to give them to technocrats who are operating in organizations that are buffered from political processes because the decisions they're making are just too important to be affected by sort of everyday politics. So you saw, for example, monetary policy being given to independent central banks and control over ports being given to independent port authorities, decisions about regulation being given to independent regulators, decisions about fiscal policy in a lot of countries being given to strengthened and somewhat autonomous finance ministries. So this is a big story about government reform in a whole bundle of countries around the world. I got interested in this topic because, actually in a backward sort of way, I had been doing a lot of work previously on the ways in which governments around the world were reorganizing themselves to open up democratic processes. Because one of the main pieces of the rhetoric of government reform in a a lot of different places was that governments had to be made more responsive to the public, they had to be more transparent, they had to allow more opportunities for participation and so on. One of my previous books is actually about governmental transparency, so that's how I got into this. But then I noticed there was a bit of a contradiction because you saw governments in some areas adopting all of these reforms to democratize government. But in other areas, you saw reforms that were quite different. It was not about democratization. It was actually about extracting key functions on the premise that elected and officials and citizens would foul things up if they were allowed too much control over key decisions. I actually started writing this book before the financial crisis hit. The ideas have been kicking around for a few years, and I started putting pen to paper in early 2007. Then, of course, um, the economy, the financial system began to unravel about August 2007 and got progressively worse. So I was actually doing a lot of rewriting on the fly. Um, Ironically, it made writing the book easier. Before 2007, when I would talk about all of these trends, for example, talk about the increased role and power of central banks, the common reaction of many readers was, well, the system works really well. You know, our appraisal of how well these systems work after the financial crisis has changed significantly. So, for example, we're a lot more skeptical about the infallibility of central banks now. We know that they can make mistakes, that they can be caught by groupthink, that they can get stuck in certain modes of thinking about the way in which the economy operates that actually blinds them to emerging threats. One of the things that the financial crisis has shown is that some of the rather significant downsides with this general strategy of giving power to technocrat guardians on the assumption that they would make decisions in the public interest. There are a couple of big lessons from the book. One, obviously, is that you want to be careful about the assumption that you can give 
key areas of public policy over to technocrat guardians and that they're going to make the right long-term decisions, precisely because, as I was saying a moment ago, they can be fallible too. They can be subject to groupthink as well. And I think many people have now recognized that. But the other interesting angle for the book that's particularly relevant for people in law schools is that there's a story in here about the assumptions about how you do reform and about the limits of trying to achieve social change through the use of the law. Because in many countries, the way in which power was shifted over to these technocrats was by adopting laws that basically said, okay, the monetary policy is now being handed over to legally autonomous central banks or regulatory policies being handled over to legally autonomous formally autonomous regulators, and so on and so forth. It was basically this very strong faith in the capacity of law to affect significant changes in the way governments operate. And one of the things we saw in many countries was that that strategy didn't always work, that clever politicians, clever industry groups found ways of getting around formal requirements so that they were still asserting control or influence over formally autonomous bodies. And if we were writing the story before the financial crisis, the main theme would have been that there are limits to how much social change you can achieve through legislative change if you don't have favorable political or social conditions. But I think that's you know, a lesson we can still take out of this. And a lot of people in, let's say, international institutions like the World Bank that push for governmental reform are now beginning to realize that a lot of what they were trying to achieve in the 1990s was naive in the sense that this notion that you can pass a law and the world will automatically become better very often doesn't work. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.